Blog Talk Radio. shall we? Sting and nothing but the discussion of Sting and memes and everything has been flowing amongst pro wrestling fans because we are exclusively obsessed with the new coup that landed in AEW. 61 year old. Is he 60? Yeah, 61. Did my research folks. The man doesn't look like he's missed a step. Still got that same presence about him that The Undertaker had. You know, he's still going. Sting literally has not been on TNT in over 20 years. And when he appeared last week on AEW's Dynamite, I guarantee you that's going to be the biggest rating boost in history. Because apparently, you know, an icon comes back and people's attention flows straight to the fucking source. And last night was NXT War Games. There's only one uh, particular match that I was confused on the finish. And uh, actually, let's get into that right now before I dive into rambling on about how Sting's such a great dude and how much impact he's going to have being a part of AEW, currently speaking, going into the last tidbit of 2020, into the new rungs of 2021. Uh, there's quite a bit I need to discuss about TLC coming. I even, wow. I know that TLC usually happens in December and it's kind of, uh, that's interesting. No audience and all this, uh, and all these hardcore style matches going on right now in WWE. But anyways, first match right out the gate was the women's, the women's match war games four on four. You had Team Shotzi Blackheart featuring Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai. Uh-huh. Yeah, Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai. And, and okay, yeah, Ember Moon was part of that team too, as far as Shotzi, Team Shotzi. And, oh, yes, Tony Storm was a part of Team Blackheart. No. I apologize. I'm tired. 
she's a part of Team LeRae. And uh, Eosur, I tried to get in the match several times, but even Indy Hartwell, uh, or the henchwoman, if you will, henchman, oh, Candace got involved, and I'm a bit confused why she didn't get more involved. And they're like, well, she had a neck brace, blah, yada, blah. You could have still involved her a little bit more. I mean, kind of blatantly obvious. If a heel team has a manager or valet come out and interfere, I felt that her interference was very minimal and the match was okay. I didn't have a problem with it. They say, you know, heel finish, baby face finish ain't a big deal. But the finish made no fucking sense. A power bomb in the middle of a ladder. Now Raquel Gonzalez, are they going to push her to be the next in line for the championship? Is Dakota Kai going to turn on her own best friend? I don't know if I just pointed out Captain Obvious or if I'm totally, completely wrong. But that women's match was the driz- not the drizzling shits. There was so much action because it's war games. There's two rings, a cage. And it, every they said every three minutes. And why is it every five I mean, just to be curious, the first thing was five, the next few are three minutes. So whichever team had the advantage, that would be Team EO. So you're telling me the NXT Women's Championship lost to a former comp- a competitor that competed in the Mae Young Classic. And she's a great competitor, Raquel Gonzalez, and she really, you know, she works hard and all that stuff. A one-arm powerbomb on top of a ladder pins EO Shirai one, two, three. No false, you know, no false finish at the end. You know, kick out at the, oh, my God, I can't believe she kicked out. I'm wondering, folks, if EO was hurt. I'm wondering if that's the finish they actually fuck decided on, because if so, that lost me from the very get-go. That's supposed to set the fucking tone. It's just like there's chaos in the ring. I mean, it's expected for war games because it's been going on. I went to the very first one, folks, in Houston. Trust me, I... I've seen firsthand what war games can do to an individual. It's like NXT's version of Hell in a Cell, but way better because they utilize weapons and they actually give the crowd what they want. As far as that match is concerned, I really, at this point, watching WWE and their pay-per-views, it's like, okay, it's to be expected, but why wasn't um, their other team members? Because I'll explain. From what I gather, what I understand... From what I've been reading, the reason why they didn't do cross-promotion, sir, uh, is because they don't want to risk the entire roster getting infected because one person brought it back to the fucking locker room. That's why. That's what Hunter had explained in social media releases on Twitter and answering questions, you know, live on WWE.com. And they didn't want to do any interpromotional stuff because, as I said again... One person gets it and then infects the rest of the fucking locker room. NXT's fucked because it looks like they're only running about, God, man, with 12 to 14 talents. That's just the bare minimum because there's no audience and it's really fucking difficult. If you have any questions, by the way, you can message me on Wrestle underscore radio at, uh, yeah, at Instagram, at underscore Brian Rails on Twitter. And, of course... You can reach us on WrestleRadio Network forward slash Facebook dot com. I just okay. The recap that I basically 
that said, thanks, you know. It's, uh, it's my boy Chris. He messaged me on Instagram saying what's up, and he loves Shania Twain. Well, I know that, you idiot. I also know that you love the eye toxics, but it's okay. Yes, I understand that, dude. This is so cool. Yes, okay, cool. You hear the dings? As Facebook lighting up, okay. So now I got everyone's attention with the whole sting thing. That's cool. All right, folks, moving forward to the next match. Uh, they show uh, an interview. Actually, the interviewer says that she spoke with Pat McAfee's team, and they seemed very somber, didn't say a word. They were confident they were going to win, blah, blah, blah. And then fast forward, next match. The women's match, I want to see what they gave this. An A minus. Yeah, I, it wasn't a terrible match. It's just um, I wasn't a big fan. Next match was Tommaso Ciampa versus Timothy Thatcher. So Ciampa, let's see here. They come in with Willow's Bell. Wow. Ciampa beat Thatcher. That's cool. Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. I'm believing that Loomis beat Grimes, and it wasn't terrible. Carrying Cross. So... I'm guessing Karrion Cross is going to come and take Balor's title. Oh, yikes. Jesus. North American Championship. Leon Ruff versus Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Now, during this match, it was very uh, fast-paced. Expect Gargano to get a win thanks to Austin. Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell. I wonder. Nah, it's just professional. Um, Gargano beat Ruff with the assist of Austin Theory. The men's war games match, probably one of the best matches of the night. I say that because not only was it back and forth as good as the women's, but you see men's war games is undisputed here versus Matt McAfee. What exactly do you call Matt McAfee's team, though? So, okay, Dunn and O'Reilly started the match. Lorkin was next, followed by Fish, and then come in Birch. Yeah, cricket bats. Yeah, I, I saw those last night. I was trying to pay attention to certain game, you know. I'll give Granny grief later. I know she loves her Raiders. I mean Chiefs. See, Granny, I love you, miss you, hope everything's well. Anyways, going forward, uh, let's see here. Adam Cole blinded everyone with a fire extinguisher. Not everyone, but McAfee, maybe. He drilled McAfee with a chair, yes. I, for one, McAfee's one of those guys that you love to hate. He's just a good villain, right? He's also quite annoying on the microphone, which makes him an even better heel. So, Undisputed Era, powerbomb done into Birch through the cold through the table, but it didn't take, okay, so let me fast forward this. It was near an hour, it was like, these guys go through grueling every single match on this video here just shows you conditioning is very, very key, or else your matches are going to be the drizzling shit, as William Regal says. So, then Fish speared Birch through a strong table, McAfee hit a super kick. It actually wasn't that bad. 
And I'm pretty sure McAfee's a perfectionist because this dude moonsault off the cage onto everybody, right? So he kind of took a cue from Io Shirai, who, uh, you know, put herself in the trash can, and yeah. They look, I mean, they've got bruises all over their chest from kendo sticks, going through tables and all that. The men's match was great. The women's match wasn't bad. But if I had to basically put this into words, it, it doesn't feel the same without an audience, but that got, you know, salvaged the War Games match with the men. The women did a fantastic job. I just don't – I'm not quite understanding of the finish with the women. They're like, well, we had to win how? There was no fucking interference, nothing dirty. Raquel Gonzalez just went clean. I, I'm not understanding of that at all. But, you know, give them credit. You know, they did put on a damn good show. It's just the curtain jerk supposed to set the tone. So it made everyone wonder, fuck, is NXT falling under the trap of the 50-50 booking shit? And by 50-50 booking, I mean, well, half the card was good and the other half was shit. That's basically what it sums up into is when WWE does their 50-50 booking, you're either fucked because you say, well, I've subscribed to the network, so I chose to fucking watch this shit. Or you turn in and said, man, what a pay-per-view. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. Dexter Loomis. He's kind of the unsung hero of NXT. And if he gets to main roster, that dude should be going for whatever title they present him in, like an intercontinental title match or, well, dude, if if he gets all the way up to world heavyweight championship status, I'm just going to say he has so many fucking layers to him. It's unbelievable. Um, It's like he's got more than just presence. In his matches, he just shows you he's very unorthodox. It's almost as if, you know, he's channeling a lot of, like, former wrestler styles. And that's just The Undertaker, Psycho Sid. The way that he ground and pounds, you can also use submission. is also very high-flying, very, very strange dude in character. And it's just amazing. So, what match impressed me the most? Um... I would have to say Loomis Grimes, they really, the chemistry is there in their match. I really like the way that Grimes, even though there was no crowd, he still played to the virtual crowd. And it's just like, that's the hats off to the guys and gals. I love, I love the fact that Shotzi came out with a nerf tank. Oh my God. That thing was amazing. Ember Moon did an eclipse. On Dakota Kai, onto the steel chairs, and I thought, wow, you know, tonight T went all out. And again, the result really wasn't my favorite, but I can get it from a business perspective. But from a fan's perspective, really, if you really want to set the tone, you give the fans exactly, you know, what we want. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't. It just. It didn't really feel right to me. And I don't know if anyone else felt that that finish was a bit off, but as I said, you know, as a former fucking worker, it's just like, 
I'm not well known, but when you hear them say, okay, this is going to be the finish, and then that stuff happened, um, begin, I, I either wonder one or two things. Was Io Shirai hurt, or did they change up the finish at the last fucking minute? So those girls, those young ladies, man, they look like they wore themselves the fuck out. It was just nonstop waterfall after another. And you got to give credit, man. They pulled out tables. They pulled out chairs. They pulled, Even Rhea Ripley pulled off her belt. My God. It just was one of those matches that made you go, holy fuck. They're actually putting on a show. And if they did that not every night because you don't want your body to be ravaged. I mean, this is pro wrestling. It's a sport. I love this. <laughs> to say this now, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon because Hunter knows. Him and the rest of the creative knows. In order to pull something out of your ass because Sting was like, fuck, I'm sick and tired of sitting on the sidelines. You had to pull something out of your ass last night for war games, and it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but my God. Let loose. Even during the kickoff show, you can tell the commentating team was tense as fuck. And in particular, man, I'm glad that finally you let loose at TakeOver War Games because during regular NXT hours, the commentary is the drizzling shits. It's like... This is how things would go down and announcing like, okay. It's almost as if Wade is reading off a paper and he's not being organic. Uh, Beth Phoenix is doing her best. Vic Joseph is fine until he sits there and emphasizes shit. Oh! Works better in NXT UK if you ask me. If you ask me or some other people that think the same way I do, which is very rare, I think that the commentary team tried to do their best. It's like when you have JR and Tony Schiavone on the other end, it makes it very simple for AEW to depict their matches because without those two, okay, who are you going to bring in? Because Excalibur, again, I don't necessarily mind him, but I think he's a better interviewer than he is a commentator because there's a few moves that he's called during matches like the Manhattan driver, no that <laughs> let's just leave it at that move that was supposed to be called something else is a spine buster and he goes Manhattan Driver, no, <laughs> no. Anyways, I digress. The thing is how I have 40 minutes, and normally on Mondays, I, I warn audiences, I like to say the following. If you have <clears throat> small children, the, the following content of this pro wrestling podcast is only suitable for Kids that are 18 plus If you listen to my show Holy fuck 
I hope to God you don't report it to your principal or repeat it. If your children repeat what I say, <laughs> there's something seriously wrong with them, man. Anyways, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast. Any replication or reproduction of the show or likeness thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored, a show that was trademarked in 2017, you will be fined $45 and brought to civil court. All right, folks, enough of the legalities. Let's get this shit started. Actually, no, that sounds very, very, like, I'm instigating shit. No, 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 no. Let's get this party started, man. Dig it. long for AEW to be like, you know, we're going to kick this shit into gear. We've got Sting. NXT did step it up at War Games, although, like I said, you need somebody, you need a name. Mustafa Ali's got to go, folks. I don't know what's going on as far as credibility for Retribution, but tonight, tonight, I watched some of WWE Raw and Thank God, I'm not understanding why every NXT star is being completely dismantled, completely um, dismantled gimmick-wise. I mean, me and Yim, I'm not quite understanding why uh, <clears throat> they pulled her up so soon. Uh, I'm not quite getting it. Maybe they saw something in her and said, hey, we're going to repackage your work, repackage your gimmick. We're going to put her with Mustafa Ali. And like I said, co-worker's not trying to talk shit, but come on. Retribution is a faction in which was very similar to Dark Order in AEW. It's like one one side of creative on both ends taking shot at the other is kind of funny to me. Because I've seen this shit before. It's just a different way, different methods back then. I wasn't a part of the locks in, but I can guarantee you it was sounded something like this. Let's say that we're not paying attention, man, but we're actually going to fucking watch what they do. You know, I want people telling me, okay, what should we do different? Remember back on Nitro when Diamond Dallas Page and I got two words for you in Diamond Cutter while DX was saying, I got two words for you, suck it. You know, X-Pac, you know, Triple H, Road Dog. Really. That's funny. Majority of what used to be in WWE creative is now a part of AEW, and that's Arn Anderson, Dean Malenko, basic Tully Blanchard, basically majority of the staff that once was WWE creative writing staff and talent agent booking, which is very, very key as to why AEW landed Kenny Omega when they first started. They already had Cody Rhodes. 
He's like one of the part owners in this shit. NXT War Games last night proved to me that they're trying, man. I mean, it's difficult when you're in a wrestling war. But it's fucking weird, though, because isn't War Games... Yeah, War Games used to be a WCW pay-per-view. Two rings, one cage, and if you try to escape, you lose for your whole team. Okay? So the concept was there, but I'm not <clears throat> so certain that I really want to see Karrion Cross. And here's why. The dude is like a boss from Mortal Kombat. He's very, very hard to beat. But also the problem with Karrion Cross is that when he works, you don't get very much shining. So he's supposed to be one of them ground and pound dudes that um, doesn't take bumps. So in other words, Goldberg in the first half, latter half of his career... I mean, the dude barely fuck took but a few bumps, and even Bret Hart mentions how Goldberg kind of slubbed up a lot because no one gave him a fucking wrestling match. William Regal tried, got booed out of the fucking building because people just wanted to see Spear, Jackhammer, Penn, get out. Definitely different. From the Monday Night Wars. Because the Monday Night Wars, WCW was still kicking WWE's ass. Then WWE, while Sting and Hogan faced each other several times, was starting to, and starting to, they were actually starting to go uphill in ratings. Actually, let me read that number for you. I want to read the ones in 99 because um, WWE's highest rating their rating had to be somewhere in 10 point million it says looking back at the highest rated episode so on May 10 1999 WWE broadcast an episode of Raw that achieved an 8.1 rating which was highest ever the lowest rating on the show has gotten in recent years. 8.1 seems like a faraway dream of a number. Well, it got so many fans to watch, and how can we recreate that today? Okay, so... So, 8.1 and 99, my God. Screaming Orlando Crow kicked things off and Darkness hit Kane's music. Billy Gunn approached the ring, so... And this match said match can be whole reasons, but it was simply a single part of a bigger picture, one battle long more. So then it says okay, the corporation. Okay. And then the Rocks, you lost an invents, big show versus Paul Bear, holy fuck. Oh my god. Deborah versus Sable. <laughs> Big Boss Man versus Tess. Cactus versus Midian and Viscera. Farouk versus Bradshaw. Mean Street Posse versus the Stooges. Okay. Jeff Jarrett versus Val Venus. Ken Shamrock versus China. 
and six man tag man, Steve Austin, The Rock, and Vincent Man versus Shane, Hunter, and The Undertaker. So it says, what WWE can learn from the most successful ratings grabbing all. Feuds have to be more complex than wrestler A than group wrestler B. They should overlap, be multidimensional, involve several big names. Um, from what I've noticed on tonight's episode of WWE Raw, because it's coming to a close here in a few minutes, I'm assuming. The only intriguing thing going on right now, to be honest with you, is the theme and Alexa Bliss and, and the involvement of Bray Wyatt. You know, God, I don't. I cringe every time that I see Bray Wyatt and the, what you know what goes on because the. He doesn't have very much offense. It's like I, I'm starting to figure out. Okay, the Fiend is the number one draw, but they want to take away that number one draw for just Bray Wyatt. But then we'll later on probably transpose himself into the Fiend. You'll hear that creepy meaning. Again, like all I'm trying to say is. WWE Raw, it depends because that announced team right there, that that trifecta, as I like to Samoa Joe, and you've got Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon. That's a good announced team. I think because of safety precautions, you can't really have that many variations in commentating crew. So in other words, it's one big giant pain in the ass. Because you could move Samoa Joe to NXT, and then again, you'd have him and Wade Barrett clashing. So, actually, not clashing, but I'm not sure. But I do know that they're literally working with less people in NXT and then also less folks on the main roster. So the difficult thing is <clears throat> they don't want to overdo it. They just want to work as best you can, which is smart. But the problem is, and I've said this before on the previous podcast, you cannot tell me that as individuals that watch wrestling over the years that Sting is not a big deal. Despite, yes, I get it. He's old. But in the same fucking regard, some old guys can work, and that includes, you know, The Undertaker, if Kurt Angle is still healthy, him. I'm just going to throw this out here. For fans that, you know, say that it was a shitty NXT show and that they don't take risks, they don't try like they used to, again, they only have Undisputed Era and Pat McAfee's group, so that makes eight. Then you've got Gargano, Leon Ruff now, uh, Damian Priest. That's actually, I'm going to say, Gargano, Ruff, and Priest is a story that pulls me in. Uh, the women's match at War Games, to, you know, not to toot their own horn, but man, live. The risk that these men and women take is by far one of the best. Because. Not only do you have welts the next fucking day because you worked war games, but you also have a sense of pride because you're like, I, we all put our work in and we worked our asses off. 
only to lose, which makes no fucking sense. You know, build, build, build. That's like when Sting, you know, beat the holy hell out of NWO, and then he only got beat up bad once, I believe, and that's because he dropped the baseball bat. And I still... I can't believe WWE passed up on this dude to come work work for them behind the scenes. Literally. And it's still nothing. That right there just says you passed up on a golden goose. Come on, man. Segment of my imagination, but if if there's any which way you can get a legend to get involved on your fucking show, take it. So, what seems to be, I mean, I don't know if there's still, I don't think there's a grudge between Vince and, and Sting. But I do, I, what I've been reading, I was not there. But he did say he was proud to be a part of the system and then turns right around and says, I wanted to be a part of creative and. You know, they never considered. It's Sting. It's Sting. How can you not take advantage of a guy that basically was part of the 30-plus-year-old's childhood and a little bit younger that still can remember watching Sting on TNT? Although I quit watching WCW after 99 because it just wasn't that good. Became the NWO show. I said it. WCW became the NWO show, and there really wasn't any substance at all. Between me watching the organic shit that was going on in WWE at the time when they actually had. The ability to post stuff, make it work, post stuff like as in, not post stuff, but put the foundation of a feud into our minds. Like, OMG, what's going to happen next between Rock and Austin? What's going to happen next between McMahon and everyone? That guy is like the perfect fucking villain, boss villain, if I've ever seen one. And he used to be stories would just be so simple because they have the fucking cast to do it with. Now, you've got Sting currently into, like I said, the end, last leg of 2020. And that's a huge momentum shift. Not that AEW had lost any momentum, but NXT was keeping up with ratings. If I mean 638,000 versus 850,000 in total viewership and competing in USA Network versus TNT. But like I told you all, dig into your fucking archives and look who was the most popular and got the most reaction because fans were sick of seeing the same people fucking work. We don't have a choice <clears throat> because we realize that most of the main roster actually some of main roster I should say is gonna tell you we can't man because the COVID spread. So 
I get that. But I also get that you don't owe us anything other than a good show. What Lance Storm said on his tweets, we don't owe you anything, any accolades or whatever for being a great crowd. My God, but Stinger was now a part of AEW. This feels like old times. Imagine that. A guy that was a part of the wars between two companies through which they literally destroyed each other trying to play tactic of, okay, who can I get into my locker room that was a former WWE guy that's going to help boost my company? One of them things, man, I keep telling you all this, but maybe it's falling upon deaf ears. Some say that CM Punk's not the answer, but maybe pull out Stone Cold. Hell if I fucking know. You've got to put somebody's name that's huge and credible into the fray. Maybe it might be a UFC guy. Who knows? Bring Conor McGregor to NXT. Fuck if I care. You know, just... The people that sit there and say WWE doesn't need to change a thing, I question that because if you don't change and if you don't bring in someone with credentials, to either because you put him on main roster, he's going to tear it up. He's going to tear that shit to fucking shreds. You put him with NXT, now he's got fucking options. I don't know if he wants to wrestle anymore, but dear Lord... It'd be hella nice to see CM Punk walk through that curtain in Gorilla and be like, hey, what's up? So many people try to imitate his lifestyle and his, his fucking gimmick. That's not... It's not to be desired. I'm just saying it's not to be desired. Sting versus NXT. I'm just going to tell you right now. I don't want to watch AEW in its entirety, but I want to see Sting. It's just natural, man. I'm 33 years old, and here I am tuning in my TV. I'm like, am I seeing things? Is this real? But WWE's answer for NXT is carrying cross. I mean, I'm starting to think that some people don't listen. And they won't listen because it's all negative unless you present it in a way. Might I suggest somebody say, I forgive you or you forgive me and we can move on so that CM Punk can be a part of the fucking show again? Why just one person? Why not bring The Rock back? I'm actually... (laughs) You think wrestling wars aren't real? Tamatonga basically, you know, fired shots at Triple H through social media, which I find funny. Is like, if you have an issue, say it to my face type thing. I got to see this. It says, Bullet Club member Tamatonga sends warning to Triple H about working with other promotions. So it says, Triple H recently mentioned in 
Uh-huh. It says currently open for business other pro wrestling companies. So it says WWE is currently open for business for working with other pro wrestling companies. Wow. Well, I just got my answer to a uh, question. Io Shirai was mildly injured, so that's why they changed the finish. Okay, that makes sense. Tonga is certainly known for his social media presence and how he teases things to stir the pot. How he teases with Moxley. Okay. He basically said your boys don't want none. We're open for business in a lot of ways and a lot of things. It just depends on what they are and if they're beneficial to us in the long term. That's code for we are running on with the show and we're open for business, meaning... You better fit the mold that I fucking put you under. Otherwise, you're not going to be working tonight or any night, which is, you know, I understand that. But I've never, ever been able to comprehend why this didn't happen sooner. If you wanted someone to understand what it is your company's about and what your product represents, and here's my thing, folks. WWE needs a big name. And I actually, at this point, do care who it is because there's no fucking audience to be, you know, people pleasing for. So, the thought remains where, when, and how much? Because CM Punk is being readily available. I don't know. I'm just throwing hope out there, folks, because if you watch WWE's programming week in and week out, it's nothing but talk on the microphone, backstage interview, more talk on the microphone, backstage interview, backstage interview, commercial for 40 minutes of what it fucking feels like, and then come back to the program, he's still talking on the mic, or we finally have some fucking working I know that wrestling is not a thing you should rush, but Jesus Christ. It's sometimes hit and miss with Raw. Sometimes it's great with WWE Raw. Other times it's like, um, not really that interested in watching because, you know, it's not because Dana Brooke goes over or whatever with, ret- whatever with Retribution is going on. They're in the middle of a slump. So that's one reason... I avoid Raw because I'm feeling, you know, she may or may not sign back. But I'm not worried. Because Mia Yim, she's a great competitor in NXT, no doubt. It's just, there's one problem. Ever since they moved some people over from NXT up to main roster, it's just like, okay. And Bray Wyatt has a hard time getting outside the door. This is just great. 
There needs to be a sense of reality, man, when it comes to what your company needs to do. is not going to be based off of what I say, but a lot of marks are saying this. You need a big name that's going to blow them out of this, you know, it's going to blow their minds. It's going to blow our minds as fans. And go, wow, I didn't see that coming. And he just said we're open for business as long as they fit. Dude, that thing is because there's so much pride on the line right now. And you need to understand that fans will not tolerate the bullshit because we've seen the same old song and dance. For the last few years in NXT is, you know, Adam Cole and Undisputed are literally carrying the fucking load, which means that's great. As a promoter, you really don't have to worry about attendance being bad or misconduct or domestic or whatever you fucking call it. It's just there. Undisputed's always been there. And they really haven't had any disciplinary actions Outside of WWE, AEW is a whole different beast, man. No one expected this to occur because I saw Shaquille O'Neal and his woman, right? AEW. And it's like, oh my. You awakened a giant and now Shaquille O'Neal. Guess what? Sting's back, bitches. And I'm not shifting my like of wrestling over to them just yet. They have all that, you know, they have all that star power right now in in AEW. Star power is taken easy by Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. You know why? Makes it easy? Because when you commentate on a familiar worker that you've worked with, Cadence is a bit off or there's so much stuff you guys gotta understand when it comes to why certain someone is beating a certain someone in ratings. Oh, I'll just spell it out for you. AEW is beating NXT in ratings because NXT has great talent now. Some people are returning. Carrying cross. How convenient, right? There's a lot of stuff that we as fans don't understand. It's not just finishes or false hopes or whatever the fuck. It's the fact that we, this one works, have to deal with. Let's see. I'm trying to answer your question what we have to deal with that's so hard. Uh, the fact that you could get concussed or injured and then there goes your career. If you have any further questions, my man, feel free to message me and DM me, and I will get to them and then answer best I can. Former workers have to deal with a lot of wars to begin with. I'm pausing because this is amazing. Everything's blown up because of the discussion about Sting being in AEW. When you mistreat someone and they don't show up and then you wonder why they don't, it's because I don't think he has any hard feelings towards some people, but my God, you just passed up on Sting and now it's coming back to bite you in the ass. 
so you want ratings. War Games was what should be done. Not every night, but every other week there should be weapons involved and all kinds of like strap matches. This this booking is starting to get creative, and I like it. I would also like to point out that War Games wasn't bad. wasn't going to give it a, a B minus overall. And overall, we've got another war, folks. That just might be the kill shot right there. Because when you see Hunter saying stuff like, we're open for business as long as they fit the mold, dude, you don't have that luxury because the ratings have been in the fucking toilet off by 122,000 views on viewership. And more importantly, merchandise, that's like the bread and butter of professional wrestling. And the merchandise looks like it's just being piggybacked off of, especially uh, Bray Wyatt stuff. I know this because I went on there on Black Friday, which I never do shopping there, but also on Cyber Monday. And, dude, when you see 70% off, it's because it's Christmas, and that's probably why they're marking down. But then Christmas went away last year, and they were still doing sales. It's not a bad idea. It's just, you want ratings? And Hunter, that's funny. He was part of the Attitude Era. So he would know just exactly what kind of formula is going to get him to success. Oh, and by the way, what's up, Canada, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, Manila, Philippines, I miss you guys. I'm sorry I haven't been on for so long. It's just, man, Lord, man, just a lot of shit going on mentally that I could not um, begin to tell you. I had less energy to spare, that is. So it's just, it was just a mess. Not just last year, dude, but I'm just telling you, WWE started putting sales on all their shit because they started losing a lot of subscribers. The minute that Lesnar won the championship back for the umpteenth time, and you guys got to quit. I know I can't tell you what to do because I am not a part of the company, but you guys have got to quit doing that shit. So you're going to have Finn Balor be the sacrificial lamb. Well, I'm reading some of your questions on Wrestle Underscore Radio, and I just want to point out to answer your question, Tara, about why I think WWE's audience number is not where it's supposed to be. Okay, time to let loose because I have seven minutes. When you constantly do the same recycled shit over and over again, doesn't matter if it's main. Actually, yeah, NXT is always constantly on the up. When we constantly do this shit on Maine where only some parts of it are action and some parts of it are... I get it. All of us are trying to, you know, comprehend and fathom why Sting would have been turned down multiple times. 
that makes my fucking head hurt and go, I think, therefore I am pretty damn sure. That's why, you know, certain people left the company to go to AEW because their characters had no fucking room to breathe. And I saw the documentary when Vince uh, approached Keith Lee and says, you know, I'm there. This is a global audience. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Are you fucking kidding me? To hear Vince say, you know, you got to impress me. You got to show me something. I'm, I'm guessing Keith Lee thought, you know, when you transpose yourself over to the main roster that you're going to get the uh, same amount of pops that you did. He did. He did, but VKM basically said, you got to show me why I believe in you, why I pulled you up to main roster. I just, I'm sorry, but the amount of gimmicks that have been not killed, but basically torn, torn up as rough drafts. About to fucking fathom how big name hasn't been signed. Not to say it take away from Adam Cole or Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roderick Strong, all Ring of Honor graduates, all CZW. No, not CZW, but you know what I mean. There's been several big names that came from the indie circuit and also major companies like Sami Zayn, Samoa Joe, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Big names. Big, big names. But you need even bigger because if you don't, it will come back to bite you in the ass. Because look, Sting in AEW. And I would love to see CM Punk as a part of WWE. Are we ever going to see it? Are we ever going to get it? I don't know. I just watch it. But come on. Also, you want to know what people complain about is the fact that when you have unexpected champions like Leon Ruff, who looks like he weighs a buck sixty eight, but he you know, he proved he worked hard and a good jovial person in the locker room. He was an extra in a few matches and you make two hundred dollars by the way. When you are an extra, I was one. Doesn't mean it's like, oh, you know, all of a sudden that's because you were an extra. No, and you spent time in the locker room. No. That right there made us go, if this were with an audience, that's this scenario would work. But seeing as how it does not have an audience, the scenario of Leon Ruff winning a championship was kind of a farce. You're like, yeah, people will become disenchanted with you if you keep flubbing it up. And by the way, now I'm happy. Because EO did get mildly injured, but it wasn't too bad. So, <sighs> makes me breathe a sigh of relief. Anyways, you want my super, super honest opinion about how WWE can improve ratings? Grab a big name, stop making all these random fucking factions with horrible gimmick names, and... If you want, you know, my suggestion is you change leaders for retribution because I know this is going to fucking, that gimmick's supposed to fall through. It'd be really bad. 
And they're going to get tired of it and you're going to walk out on it. And then Mustafa is going to find more recruits, more people. It's just going to be a cesspool fucking repeating itself. That's one of the reasons why I was like, okay, the Hurt Business feuding with the New Day. I kind of like that. Um, Randy Orton and The Fiend, not so sure for TLC, but... Yeah, that's a fucking problem. <laughs> it, I didn't even... See, I was totally unaware that Drew McIntyre won back the championship. Totally fucking unaware. And that's usually not my style. To be unaware of what's going on on the main... Well, kind of is. But do you want improvement? Less talking, more wrestling, man. Especially on Raw. Talk for about, like, three minutes at the mucking maximum, then eat the fuck out of them. But, I mean, talk too long. It looked like they were uncomfortable holding a microphone, just saying some of them, you know what I mean? McIntyre holding a microphone saying different things. It's like they're finally writing freelance style and telling them to be organic with each other. All right, cool. Well, in that case, I'm going to wrap things up because I'll just be talking in circles all night fucking long, okay? So... If you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Enjoy me on Wednesdays and Thursdays and occasional Mondays. The new times should be posted fairly soon on Wrestle underscore radio and also Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. All right, toodles, bitches. I got to sleep. Got to work in the morning. To get. Oh, that was weak. To get. Step into a Slim Jim. Eat me. All right, I'm having too much fun. Toodles, bitches. Got to go to sleep. Now. The closest personality. The closest personality.